listener production. Hi, 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 hi. Hello. Yes, hi. Oh, I see you over there. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Stop, stop, stop. Thank you guys so much. Welcome to Come Out Wherever You Are. This is a safe space for curious people to learn more about the coming out experience. So, congratulations. You are now a part of this beautiful community. And because this is a podcast about the coming out experience, it is only fair that I go first. My name is Sean Zepps. I am a homosexual male. I first came out in 2000. I came out in the closet, which is such a good story. And I most recently came out at a playground to a new mother in the Tuesday mother group who asked about my wife and I had to make a decision in the moment. Am I going to educate her? And I did. And it went beautifully. Today we are welcoming a brand new member to the Come Out Wherever You Are family. Katie, welcome. Thank you so much. Can you introduce yourself to the humans? Tell us when you first came out and if you can remember when is the last time you came out. Well, my name is Katie Williams. I am from the listener family. I've got a podcast called Better For It, which is um, health, wellness, and self-development. Um, I was a professional sprinter. I'm now retired. I'm a trainer and a content creator, but my baby is podcasting, probably just like you. Mm-hmm. But you seem very multifaceted, which is... I'm also a sprinter. Yeah. I will sprint to get a donut like you have never seen. Absolutely. So quick. Usain Bolt, eat your heart out, right? <laughs> I guess I came out when I started dating my girlfriend um, a year and, like, two months ago, I guess. Yeah, like a year and a month ago, officially. Although I was also, like, living somewhat of a secret life. And the last time I came out was... It was two times. One was at my friend's wedding, seeing all of my friends I grew up with that hadn't seen me in ages because it's been locked down. The weddings are interesting because there's all these weddings now and people I grew up with. And sometimes George is there or sometimes she's not there. So it's easier when she's there because I'm just like, he's my girlfriend. And I don't have to do like a lot of explaining. Yeah. But then sometimes when I'm on my own, it's like, oh my, like they do. Like it's like every time you see someone new, it's like, hey, when did this happen? Like They want the details. They want the details. Like I'm a details woman and I'm very open. So I'm happy to, to give that. But then the other day at my nan's 80th, one of my cousins was there, like an older cousin with her husband and... Yeah, it was just interesting. I don't, I'm not sure. Like, I know they know from social media, but, like, I've never told them or spoken about it. Like, everyone has seen my girlfriend and I on social media, so mm. I haven't actually had to say to everyone, by the way, I'm in a relationship with a girl. They've just seen it because my life's online or, or they have saw an article, you know what I mean? So, yeah, the coming out, like, every time... I didn't realise, because I'm new here. I didn't <laughs> Welcome. Re- We're so excited to have you. <laughs> Thank you. New to this scene. So I didn't really realise that, like, every time you see someone new, you, like, I just get anxiety. Like, mm. I feel the anxiety, like, crawl up over me and I'm like, fuck, I don't know that I'm dating a girl. Like, and it shouldn't be a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal. But sometimes you can see the person's really uncomfortable mm. and I feel people's energy. So, like, if they're uncomfortable, I'm, like, trying to play it cool, but I'm like, fuck, this yes. is uncomfortable. <laughs> Katie Williams is one of those people who make you feel better just by hanging out. She's made a career out of putting her body on the line. She was the junior world champion in beach sprinting, and since retiring, she has gone into the habit of testing her body as a trainer, 
the host of her podcast, Better For It, Ninja Warrior and Big Brother, and just basically being extremely fit. A lot of Australia got to know Katie when she was on Big Brother Australia in 2021. She dominated the competition, but what a lot of people at home wanted to focus on was her sexuality. Comments about her friendship with another female contestant led punters at home to question whether she was lesbian or bi, which Katie was figuring out for herself in real time at home. Okay, I am not going to waste another second. There is so much to get into here. Here's Katie. I believe that the coming out experience, whether it is forced upon you or not, is made up of a bunch of little pieces of like where you came from and who you were raised by. And I find it really exciting, especially as someone who doesn't know you, to get to know you through the lens of all of those mini stories. So where did you grow up? That's so cool. I grew up in Terry Hills um, on the Northern Beaches. In that time as a kid, mm. accepting, not accepting of people who were different, like that area, paint that picture for me. Um, no one like gay in primary school mm. and like a small... Like Terry Hills Public School is where I went. And it was like a small school. I had like 30 in my year. 30. And I was like a little athlete. So like, I think a lot of us would try and wear like the boys uniform. And there was like kind of, like I always wore the girls uniform, but I was like in the boys teams. Mm. So I would like play soccer with the boys. And like some guys would get benched because I would be playing the team sport like within the school. But it's a small community very humble. Everyone's kind of similar. No one's very different. And yeah, I don't think there was, there wasn't a lot of like diversity You're at all, a, at all, actually. Your family environment, would having been gay back then, would that have been a problem, do you think? Um, I think if I was gay in high school, it would have been, I went to a Catholic high school. Okay, there you go. Um, I think it, I don't know. I don't, I... I've done a lot of work as I've gotten older and I've, I'm very different now at 28 than what I was like as a teenager. As a teenager, I was extremely disciplined, extremely structured, um, a full-time athlete mm. and, to be honest, a full-time rat bag. Um, I had gone through two pretty dramatic experiences when I was 16 that changed how I, how I viewed the world. Those experiences really like threw me like out of wanting to be at school. Mm. I don't know. I didn't have those feelings when I was younger. I didn't feel like when I was a teenager that I was bi or I wasn't curious. I kind of didn't really see that. Mm. But I also think like if I did, I may have, I may have acted on it because I kind of did everything. Like I was, I was pretty rebellious, but I was also an athlete. So I had to like, I had to really stay disciplined and, focused like and thank god I had sport because I would have I'm a thrill chaser like I would have been I think I would have been a really troubled teenager if I didn't have like I trained every single day and I had coaches and mentors and I had people looking over me Mm. and and thank god because they were incredible but to answer the question properly because I just went on such a I mean this was really great actually (laughs) because it actually sets up a lot for the future which is good um I think my parents would have been really shocked if it, this had happened in high school, but I don't think I was showing. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I was curious in high school. I don't think I had the inclination. Mm. I had boyfriends like my whole life, only until recently, actually. Have you spoken publicly about the traumatic things that have happened to you when you were younger? Is that something you're willing, at, at least at yeah. a high level, to talk about? Just because I'm interested in how that affects maybe 
a coming out experience at all? It wasn't to do with sexuality. It was to do with anxiety. Okay. So when I was 16, a friend of mine, um, I was, like I said, I was a sprinter. So at Nationals, it's called Aussies, a friend of mine who was out in the water, he's an Iron Man, got hit in the head with a surf ski and snapped his neck and he died. But we, the traumatic thing was finding, like we saw his body. So they brought his body in 45 minutes later and I was only 16. It was my boyfriend's best friend and a very good friend of mine, a teammate that I'd been um, competing with for many years. So I guess, you know, the experience... I, so I started to then have a lot of anxiety, obviously. Mm. You know, yeah, of course. I'm a young girl. And, terribly traumatic to experience yeah. for anyone. So then, like, I was having some, you know, flashbacks and a little bit of... Now I understand to be a bit of PTSD because mm. any time I would see... Even if someone went white in the face or would start to faint, I would get triggered because, mm. you know, if you if you see a body, it's 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 really quite traumatic when you have seen someone like an hour before, colourful and vibrant and full of energy to then seeing, you know, their physical vessel with no soul in there, you know. And at 16, that was really traumatic. So... And then not long after that, don't know if it was after or before, um, my cousin also died. Um, but the way he died was also very traumatic mm. and unexpected. Um, and it was announced in my whole, in front of my whole school year. So at high school, there's like 150 or 60 of us. And they announced how, because he was an old student and his little brother, who's my cousin, was in our year. But the way he died was very private. And they actually kind of explained how he died. So it also then became this big guessing game of how he died, why he died. Um, so then, you know, I was at school and everyone was talking about it. So I'd had my friend die and my cousin die. And I also didn't feel the school really gave me any duty of care. Mm. They should have known that we were related. There should have been like someone to tell, like to find out in front of a whole school assembly. So then even little things like when I went to university, I realised every time I was in a lecture theatre, and I only put this together later, when I was in a lecture theatre, which is the same vibe of the lecture theatre, they told me my cousin had died in, yeah. I would panic because I, I remember like when I, that experience walking past all the kids and it was just, everyone knew we were related. So I'm like white and then… They're looking. They're all looking. So then it was funny when I went to university, I would get really anxious in lecture theatres. I'm like, of course. why do I have anxiety? And it took me like later on to realise, oh, it's because of this memory. So mm. I guess when I was like 16, I had, you know, I, and that's when I started acting out, drinking. Like I was in like a group that was pretty wild, but I actually wasn't really that much of a wild kid. Mm. I was very disciplined with training, but I don't know. It was just, I think the year of like 16 was not the greatest for me with experiencing anger. Like mm. I, I felt angry. I felt, you know, I think everyone thought I was fine. That's what's so hard. It's like, oh, she's fine. Like she's training every day. She's Look fine. She's run. doing really good. Well, she just is being a bitch at school. Mm. And I'm like, I'm a troubled, like I'm troubled. Like, yes. I mean, yeah. both of those situations, you're right, doesn't necessarily relate to the coming out experience, but yeah. clearly, deeply shapes your relationship to others. Like social anxiety, hello. Both of those situations to me are like, how can I be around other humans? That's going to shape my my relationship to groups. It absolutely yeah. is for the rest of your life. And then you have an intense focus on something you're really good at. So people are not necessarily focused. I know that always happens with sport. It's like doing really, really bad or being a bitch, but unbelievably good at swimming. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> everything's fine because she's such a good swimmer yeah. or a really fast runner. And then you're from a smaller town and you have, a, you're going to a Christian school and 
it's not 2022. So our relationship to what it means to be queer is different. Like that's a useful place to start in understanding, you know, maybe what happens next. Yeah. So at what point in your life do you think I'm not 100% straight? I think it was actually interesting because I am obsessed with Halsey, who's like a singer, as Uh you know. And um, I was like obsessed with her music. And then I was like sitting on it and I was like, maybe I'm obsessed with her. And then I was like, hmm, just straight. Like then I was like, oh, straight people can have crushes on girls. He's my friends have crushes Mm. on girls. So that was kind of like how it started. I don't really feel like I had crushes on people growing up. Like I, you know, and I have been in relationships with men and I have been in love, you know, with guys. So I think… I don't know. I think as I got older, I did. I started doing a lot more like spiritual work and like opening myself up. And mm. But it's taken me a long time to open up. So I was very hardened as I was younger. You know, I was pushed and pushed and hardened and like kind of didn't speak a lot about how I felt. I only would train to, would only train to kind of like clear my head. Mm. So I think I almost had like 10 years of like just all I did was like train and my schedule was full and I was working and I kind of didn't really allow for any opening up of how I felt or who I was. And I really, when I retired from my sport, I was like, okay, I'm going to get to know me Mm. outside of being an athlete. And I was at the time in a relationship with a guy who um, was not very good for me actually, but we did have love for each other. So I think I started to get curious like two years ago or yeah, probably about two years ago, I started to get curious and I just dove in like really deep. Like I just went for it. Like there was kind of like no hesitation. I I was nervous, but I was just like, hey, like I'm just going to do this. Like, but I I lived that way in this like bi-curious phase Mm. for a whole year um, before, before I met Georgia and then actually felt like, okay, well, fuck, I'm in love. Yeah. So, but it happened really fast. Was there stigma around it? Like, I'm interested, especially because by then, people know you, like, yeah. for your sport, and then obviously your career later after in entertainment. Is, are you conscious of, like, what that could mean in a, in a good or a bad way? Or did you not care? I mean, obviously, there's a threat of not giving a fuck, which is yeah. awesome and who you are and your personality. But totally. at the end of the day, you're not naive to the fact that it's not, like, a, a fun game to just come at. Like, people aren't nice about it all the time. No, people aren't nice. And I've experienced so much good. And I've also experienced some bad. Mm. Even recently, I did a video of my girlfriend and I, and it, some of them have gone viral. And when they go viral, you get, like, millions of views, but you also get like hundreds of comments that Mm. some of them are so bad. Like guys saying really disgusting things, DMing you, dick pics. Like, yeah. Anyway, that's only if if it goes like, if my followers, beautiful. But if it goes on like the explore page and uh, yeah. yeah, so that happens a few times and I will do a video on it one day and like screenshot the things I get. It doesn't affect me. Um, but it really did affect me when I wasn't, like, out. Yeah. I don't really know if I had… I guess I had a coming out, but I kind of didn't because my coming out was just, like, showing Instagram. This person I enjoy spending all my time with. Yeah, and I was like, this is my human. This is who I've fallen for, like… And then the press had written stuff that wasn't, you know, she's gay or anything like that. It was just like, oh, she's in a relationship. Which was really great because I was really worried that the headlines were going to be, 
Katie Williams, now gay, mm. or like lesbian, or like using… And I kind of wasn't ready for those titles. I wasn't ready to be called those things because I've had time now to process it. But this all happened really fast for me. Like, I didn't grow up thinking I was gay. I didn't grow up, I don't think, suppressing anything. Like, it was only in the last few years where I was kind of like, oh, cool. Like, Mm. really getting to know who I was. And I've done a lot of healing. I've done heaps of kinesiology. I've worked with heaps of coaches. And, you know, because I spent so much time building up who I thought I was, which was Katie Williams, the athlete, I then realized very quickly that was a whole lot of ego, heaps of masking how I felt, and just like this really toughened version of me when inside I was a very emotional person with heaps of love to give. Mm. But I was just hardened over the years. And I also, I had great relationships with guys, but I also didn't really date guys that could give me the love and connection that I really wanted. It's totally possible to have that love and connection from a guy. Like I don't don't think that I couldn't. Mm. Um, But I think you know, what I found in Georgia is all of the characteristics. I actually wrote it in my journal before I met her of all the characteristics I wanted to find in someone. Mm. And like the universe just landed a woman in front of me. And I was kind of like, well, I wasn't expecting you. I was expecting some sort of Thor (laughs) character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here she is. She's five foot two. She's a little pocket rocket. I think it's pretty textbook in the sense that a lot of people cruise through a majority of their life without overthinking their sexuality, especially if you're getting something great from the ones yeah. you are exploring, right? It's only problematic, I guess, if you're me and you're sleeping with women and it's not working. You're like, okay, something's wrong here. But if you're enjoying the sexual interactions and enjoying the romantic totally. reactions and you're enjoying your life and you're focused on other things, and it's just like a lot of people don't feel the need to ever question it. But I do hear this one narrative, usually amongst women and usually when they're a little bit older, about feeling like they had like missed their window of exploration. And I am interested in like how you even start to explore if there's fears in the back of your head about what that could mean. But you didn't have that, which is cool. Like what Mm. makes, I mean, okay, you think an artist is really attractive and then you go, maybe I should explore this further. And then you just do? That's fucking cool. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of just, I just like leaned in. Like I definitely went through a phase of just like dabbling and like, it's probably not the best advice, but I was at a party, got kind of drunk, was already kind of like hooking up with this girl. And then we just went home together. Mm. But then I also went through a phase, like obviously like it's kind of like losing your virginity. You know what I mean? It's like you've, I've slept with guys my whole life, never questioned it. Like I thought it was great. I thought I've had great sex with guys. Mm. But then I started like exploring with girls and I was like, well, this is fun and fucking scary. Yeah, of course. At the same time. And then I kind of went through this few weeks of like an identity crisis. And then I had to like really rationalize what was going on in my head. I was like, all right, you've slept with a girl. You liked it. Your brain is telling you that this is wrong. You're having anxiety. You're having a freak out. Realistically, you got drunk. You slept with a girl that you had a crush on that you've been talking to. Is this a big deal? No. Mm. Am I straight? Am I gay? Who the fuck cares? Mm. Like, so I had to like really, and that was like a few weeks. I processed things quickly. It was like a few weeks of being like, am I gay? Am I not? If I'm, if I'm in the middle, it's fine. I need to keep doing this to figure out if yeah. it's just something yeah. I did when I was drunk, something I did if, that I like. That I like. Yes. So I kept sleeping with her. And also I liked her. Like we were friends. It was fun. Like it wasn't like, there wasn't, and also to be honest, and this is probably way too much information, but I wasn't like afraid. It didn't feel really foreign. It wasn't like, 
what am I doing? It's like, well, I have, yeah, I, I have a parts. body. I know how to do this. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Let's explore. Guys have touched me wrong a lot and mm. right a lot. I know mm. what I'm doing. Like, mm. so it kind of, like I did go through a, a, a freak out few weeks of like really worrying about what I was. And then I realized, hey, this is fun and I'm enjoying it. So I tried to really lead from like my intuition and my heart and my gut, not like not letting my mind take yeah. over. I still, from that point, stayed relatively like unknown that, not unknown, relatively like in the closet, I guess, for a year. Yep. My friends knew, but my family didn't. I really only care about what my family think. And that's why I didn't talk to people. I also didn't want to come home and tell my mom, hey, mom, by the way, uh, I'm a bit bi-curious, um, but I was also seeing a guy at the same time. So I'm kind of like, well, I, and I, this guy was really hot and he was really great and he was fun. So I, what do I do? Like mum was asking me, and this guy, this guy who I'm friends with now is really beautiful, but not someone that, you know, would be right long-term and not really someone that I need to like go home and tell my mum about. Mm. So when I was thinking of the times that I could talk to my mum, I'm like, what do I say to her? She's, she's not uh, as open-minded as me. Um, she's so beautiful. She's my best friend. But I think if I said to her, hey, I'm kind of like curious in the moment. Like I'm kind of like, you know, having a bit of fun with girls. But, you know, I'm also kind of like seeing this guy. Like do you, I'm like, how do I say that to my mum? Like it doesn't go down well. People like black and white answers. 100%. So I did sort of stay in my own sort of world and like no one knew, the media didn't know. This is all before Big Brother. Yeah. And then after Big Brother, it was just like everyone wanted answers. So at this point, I knew I was like bi or I don't know. I still don't really love labels. I'm I, I'm me and I don't really want a label, but I the only real label I think that fits is bi. So at this point, I know what I'm into, right? I'm in the Big Brother house and I team up on the show with a girl called Jess, who's so beautiful, really good friend of mine, who's so gay. Like shaved head, really gay. We love Probably can't say that. I don't know. I'm probably going to get in trouble because I'm new here. But yeah, very clearly gay. I'm not that clearly gay. I don't know. But everyone like who is gay was like, she's fucking gay. And then after I get off the show, I get my phone back. We start the show can like starts going live and all of a sudden the Facebook forums, it, Instagram. well, it didn't actually go, nothing hit the media oh, at okay. this point. In, my Instagram was blowing up with girls. Hey, can I take you out? What's going on? I'm like, what the fuck? Like what kind of vibe am I giving off? Like I had no idea. At this point, I was already like, I'd already hooked up with girls and knew that what, what I was, right? Yeah. But was still living like very much under the surface of everyone knowing. So then Facebook forums, questions on Instagram, Facebook, people asking me. I had someone on a podcast ask me straight out when I wasn't out. She knew I was out. It was horrible. And I was like, what? And I was I like, she, she knew she knew that I I had confided in her. And then she like was she was sort of asking me stuff on her show. I was like, you're kidding, right? Like, um, you think I'm going to out myself like, right now? My fucking family doesn't know. Ooh. So there was like people that knew that was just kind of like hush, hush, you know? Mm. And then I guess… I guess it was when I met Georgia because I had said to all my friends, I'm never dating a girl, never dating a girl, never dating a girl. To be honest, it was because I hadn't met a girl that I thought I could date. Yep. But I met great girls, but not ones that I thought I could date. Mm. So that was a big limiting belief. And then I met Georgia and I was like, fuck, like… This is someone I want to date. Yeah. And I met her and I was like, oh my God, she's so pretty. And then I really liked her energy. And then like within, I mean, 
girls move very fast. It's called the U-Haul once mm-hmm. again that I just figured out. No, just figured out. And then we just like got on super quickly. And then within like a really short period of time, I just went home and told my mom that I'm dating a girl. How, like, did, that, I just, how did that conversation go? Better or worse than you expected? Um, I think… What I expected. Okay. We yeah. build it up in our brains. You also have a thread of anxiety, which I can clearly relate to. And so I know sometimes you replay these specific conversations in your head, especially if this is the person you care most about in their opinion. And then you have the conversation and sometimes it's either the exact opposite or the same. I feel a little bit sorry for my mom because I really… Spur- I, I didn't want it to be a big deal because I personally don't think it's a big deal. Huh. I, I really… And that's why I'm so open about it on my social media. I don't really give a fuck, you know, the shit that people write on my social media. Like, people write scissor emojis. People write vomit faces. People ask me for threesomes. Like, people say, uh, constantly question me about my sexuality on my social media. And I don't care because I'm happy. And I also think the people that are writing these comments, I'm like, maybe you should look into your sexuality if you're so triggered. Like, Mm. if you are so triggered by two girls being in love, maybe, like, maybe look into what's going on in your body. Mm. Anyway, so when I came home and told my mom, I'd been seeing Georgia for not that long, but I just kind of knew in my heart that she was like a really good girl and that I really liked her. And I was like, fuck it. If I don't do this now, I'm not going to do it. So I walked through the door for family dinner. I don't live at home. I live in the east. My parents live on the beaches. Family dinner. I was sitting in the lounge and mom was asking me a little bit like, who are you you dating? Who are you dating? And I was like, oh, I'm actually, actually, I'm dating someone. And it was the most casual thing the telly was on. And I was like, yeah, I'm actually dating someone. And she was like, oh, well, oh my God. Well, who is he? Like, who, what, like what? And I was like, oh, I just, I'm not sure you're going to like the answer. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, it's a girl. And she, <laughs> she was like, she just went white. And she, yeah, I guess she was really in shock. And I think I didn't want to make a big deal of it. Yeah, I like, I you know, I wanted to kind of do it sooner rather than later because we, you know, we're already holding hands. Me and Georgia were already like, hanging out, like I was with her, you know, and I and I already felt really strong feelings towards her. So I just didn't want it to build up in my head as this massive thing. Mm. I also don't think it's a big deal. So I was like, yeah, I'm dating a girl. And then poor mom, she was really like shocked. And I think for them, it's like their whole life vision of you just crumbles. Yeah. And so I had to be really understanding of her feeling shocked. Yep. Um, but also felt like very vulnerable. And then I just, whilst we were all having family dinner, I said, well, guys, um, I just told mum, but uh, I'll tell you now, I'm dating a girl. So if you have any questions, let's just all talk about it here. Intervention in the moment. <laughs> it was just kind of like, I just tried to keep it like, my, mm. my brother and his my brother and his sister already knew because there was a girl I was hooking up with a long time before and I told them about mm. and they just, they didn't talk to me about it and um they didn't talk to me about it. I don't. I think it was just they didn't know what to say and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And I was also just experimenting. But my mum and my dad definitely didn't know. Some of my friends knew, not all of them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of like kept it really casual. And then I think, I th- I don't know. I th- I don't know if it was the right thing to do. But I kind of just as soon as I said to myself, oh, I've got to tell them. I just did it within that hour. Yeah. Because you have to. It builds up in your head. I would have been so stressed. You're actually presenting like a perfect case for anyone who is either new to this concept, hasn't come out yet. There is a strange juxtaposition that occurs when we want conversations to be casual and normal because we know that they are. And we believe that sexuality is 
just normal and and who we are normal and that we should be able to have these conversations normally and that coming out shouldn't be necessary and labels are bullshit. Like if we believe that, we want desperately for others to be comfortable with that. And that's just not always the case. It ain't. We struggle with things for a long time and we should allow people to struggle the same amount of time it takes us, but it's hard for that to occur. You're opening up your truth to someone that you care about. They're surprised by the information. They're processing it in real time with you in front of them. So that's hard. They don't always facially look the way you would like them to look. The first (laughs) questions that come out of their mouth might not be perfectly articulated if they had had weeks or months or years to cope with it. And I often hear like, you know, I just spurted it out and I wanted it to just be casual. And then the person didn't react the way I wanted them to. It was hard. And you're right. It is. We put them in a very tricky, uncomfortable situation. And yet I would never tell you not to do what you did because it is so much worse to sit with that thought every time you're with the person and the anxiety and them not, not telling the people you love the truth. It's like, there's no right way to do it. I think, I think for me, and so true, everything you've just said, and you've articulated that so perfectly because, you know, I'm also worried that my parents, what, how they feel and their reactions. But I was just kind of thinking, just wait till you meet her. Like, you're mm. going to love her. Mm. And then as soon as they met her, they were like, oh my God, she's the best. And I was yeah. like, see, you get it. But it, it, I think, you know, for them, they did really well. It's a very new territory for them. Like, and you. And me. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Maybe I was just gay in all my past lives because it just feels fine. I don't know. Like, I, I definitely, I definitely had struggles. I'm kind of blowing it off. I did have struggles. But now that I'm in, you know, a great relationship, I've had really uncomfortable conversations with my family post me having to come out to them. Like, mm. I'm not. I'm not saying it's all rainbows. Numerous times I got really triggered by my mom and like really upset. And I had to then go, you know, to my like therapist and healer and like figure out why I'm reacting and then how to like converse in the best way that would make make her feel like seen and, yeah. you know. And I remember when I said to mom, I said, um, when she was process- processing it all, I said, I want you to sit with the… No, I, when she was processing me being with a girl, I said to her, you're allowed to feel angry. She wasn't, but I was like, you're allowed to feel angry, disgusted, upset, disappointment, sad, like betrayed. You're allowed to feel anything. Like just know if you're angry with me, I don't care. Mm. I know she wasn't angry with me, but I wanted her to like, like feel these emotions and Mm. like not have to hide it from me because I know that this for her is more than what it is for me. Yeah. So once I kind of said like, you're allowed to be however you want to feel, if you have any questions, please ask me. Please know that this is not something that I like hid for a long time. Like, please know that I'm like getting help and I'm not struggling and that I'm in a great, in a good place. Like I still got triggered early on, like if the wrong things were said and that kind of stuff. But I really tried to like, and then also unpack, you know, with my family, I'd say, is this truly how you feel? If there was something that came up that felt yucky. Is it how you feel or is it what society has told you is right or Mm. wrong? Mm. Because what you're seeing right now is your daughter thriving in a healthy relationship, so happy, happy as she's ever been. So is it right or wrong in your head or is it society? But my family have done so well. Like my mum originally was in shock, but who wouldn't be in shock when, you know, she's thought I've been straight my whole life. And to be honest, I kind of did too. Mm. So mom's done so well. Like, she's been so accepting. Like, she sends me videos of, like, you know, lesbian weddings. 
And like, she'll always, we always FaceTime with G. She has her over for dinner. She's always asking about G. She gets on the phone with G. Like, she loves her so much. And she's done so well to absorb this information. And also, my parents have a, a very successful business in the Northern Beaches. It's actually called Home on Dali. And it's a big homeware store that all of the Northern Beaches people know about. So I didn't realize that by me being so public online, that all of the mums and like the gossipy mums would come in and talk to my mum. About your life. About me. And all of a sudden my mum is like trying to say the right thing and represent me well. And like there were times where she'd call me and she'd be like, I don't know what really to say because Mm. you don't want to be called gay. You don't want to be called a lesbian. So like you just you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just me. Like, But I feel like poor mum because they have to go through this process of coming out for you when like they're, you know, they're a very known business and everyone knows them. And I guess from my area as well, people know me too. So it's kind of like, oh, she's the only gay in the village. It's like. (laughs) There is so much exciting things to unpack here, but we're going to start there because we've never spoken on this podcast before about the fact that when you come out, other members of your family also have to come out for you, but it impacts their lives. And it shouldn't be the focus because at the end of the day, that's hard for them in the short term, but your queerness is something you have to live with for the rest of your life, right? Forever. And you're going to have to deal with smaller and smaller interactions every day if you are with a woman. And for them, it's like, you know, a small period. But I love that you've highlighted this because it happened to my brother. It happened to my sister. It happened to my mom where when I came out at a young age, they have to deal with it at school in their own lives with their own friends, with their colleagues. And that's something that's not spoken about Mm. a lot. I think it's it shouldn't hold people back listening from coming out. Oh no, there's another reason I shouldn't come out because my mom's going to have to deal with it. But you're lying to yourself if you don't think that that's just woven into the fabric of the future for everyone involved. I love, 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 because we've also never spoken about this, ways that you can encourage people who you've come out to to respond honestly. We've never necessarily had answers for that. And you've just done it perfectly by being like, it's okay yeah, if you're pissed. It is okay. Yeah. Totally. Whether or not you should throw that directly at me in real time, we, you know, to each your own. I might say, deal with that on your own and come back to me when you're ready. But also, I think it's powerful that you gave them the opportunity to experience the emotions and that you were cool with that. I think people yeah. listening, that is actually a great thing that even I wish I had said, it's okay if you're upset. Totally. Well, the, I think for them, it's like, and, and, I'll, and I've obviously spoken about them being in shock, but they are so pro Georgia. They're so pro us. Like my dad is obsessed with Georgia. Everyone is so accepting, so loving. There hasn't been any issues. There was just a teething phase of, of, of the shock. Mm. But And there will be for everyone. Totally. Oh, totally. Right? But it was a pretty amazing, I guess, coming out. You know, they were really supportive. And it's, I mean, you know, there's also other members of the family that are like religious that, you know, haven't really given me a lot. But gosh, they've got like a whole life of conditioning and that's not up yeah. for me. That's not, I don't care. You know what I mean? That's not up for me to like have to break down. No. As long as you treat me and Georgia with respect and like the love that you can give at the time, we're sweet. So one of the things you said that stuck with me that we've also not necessarily spoken a ton about on the show is you said there were some things that were said and you don't have to say who the person was, but mm. Were there anything in particular that stick with you that made you uncomfortable so people who might come out can be prepared for them? Like certain sentences that rubbed you the wrong way? Like was it, is this yeah. is just a phase for you or you want attention? Like what were those things that you said were really hard to hear? Do you remember? Um, one thing which is really gross, which happens a lot, 
is when you're showing like affection in public is the guys that say grubby things to you. Mm. So like there's numerous occasions where Georgia and I have been out, we've had like a little pash and then a guy will come up to you and be like, can I join in? Or like, Men. Do, you, do you want three in there? Yep. And I'm like, I will fucking deck you. Yep. But I have to be responsible. Sure. And like, and also, like, I'm fiery, but I, I also, it's just not worth it. So that happens a lot. Stares, like people staring at you, like, and, and I understand it's still new. And I also think, like, I don't know, I, I, I think as well people are really interested in your sex life, mm-hmm. which I find quite, I mean, obviously people are curious. I'm a curious person too. But I guess the first thing I would not say to someone if they had like just sort of come out, the first thing I would not say to someone is, well, how do you have sex? Yeah. Give us the details. Have you ever asked a straight person that question? No. And even if you had, maybe stop asking them too. I know. It's interesting where the line is divided between men and women in our community is that gay men, when we kiss in public, it is never sexualized. I mean, it's demonized and people hate it. But it is a fundamental part of the queer female or non-binary experience that men, straight men, feel that your affection is like for them. them. Like it is a performance for them and they have a right to be involved. I know. (laughs) It is blows my mind. Straight men are struggling left and right. They can't handle two guys kissing. It's disgusting. But two women kissing is for them. It's like they cannot cope. It's just an invitation. You you see them coming over and they're sweaty and you're like, oh. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I've had just really gross comments, particularly like, oh, like, yeah. I think they think sometimes because they have a penis that that's like, oh, well, like, uh, look what I've got. Sure. I'm like, mate, I've had that my whole life. Like, why do you think she's with me? Like, it's just so, mm. it's, I don't know. It's, it's. I think as well, sometimes guys think that your relationship is like, oh, that's cute. Sure. Oh, that's cute. I wanted to end here. So it's a beautiful transition, which is a lot of people struggle with women in particular transitioning to lesbian Straight men in particular, but also straight women, often think with women exploring their sexuality that it's possible that it's just like fun for them. Whereas with men, it feels more black and white. I hear often that like if a man says I'm dating a man, people are like, well, that's pretty damn black and white. They Mm. must be gay. Totally. It can't be bisexual. It has to be gayville. Where for women, if they're like, I'm dating a woman, they're like, oh, a phase, just fun. They were wronged by a past boyfriend and they can't handle men anymore. Right? I honestly hear that consistently enough that I'm like, we have a very twisted relationship to women liking women. Globally, this is a problem. And I guess you are a perfect example because you don't want to put a perfect label and people are obsessed with feeling like they understand what box you're in. I think that's the hard thing. I think I'm more open now by saying, well, yeah, I'm bi because, but I don't actually need that label. Do you Mm. know what I mean? I don't want to be the bi girl. I don't want to be the gay girl. I want to be Katie Williams. However you interpret that, I just want to be me. Mm. I don't want to. And it's the same thing like when I was vegan. I was vegan for a pretty large period of time. Didn't want to be known as the vegan girl. I just want to be me. Mm. I don't want the labels. But I understand the labels help people identify what you are. But I think when you're going through like an interesting phase of trying to figure out what you are, I don't want to have a label. And also I think what is confusing for people is how do you go from guys to girls and then how do you go back to guys? So like with Georgia, my girlfriend dated girls growing up 
And then she dated guys growing up and then she dated girls. I was her first girlfriend in five years. But I think people are like, oh, I didn't know you dated girls. It's like, what? Because Mm. she dated, but she had had a whole history of dating girls. So I think for G, you know, she really helped me a lot because she was like, oh, I just date guys, girls, like whatever. Like, like, and I don't really feel like she has a type. I have a type, but it's it's characteristics. So if I look at like everyone I've dated, I'm like, "Mm," they all have kind of like, I've dated different, I have dated different people, but they've got like core, Mm. like core characteristics. So I think it is confusing for people to go like what, and I know what kind of, what what I like in a girl and I know what I like in a guy and they're pretty different. Mm. Like, so I guess, I don't know, it's a spectrum. And if people are confused, I'm like, I don't know. It's not my problem. I don't need to sort this out in your head. This is who I am. If you're confused, sit on it, have a fucking coffee, journal about it. I don't know. It's not my problem. I have always said this and I've said it on the show a bunch of times. I do think that bisexuals and pansexuals alike get the shit end of the stick in the community because outside and within the community, there's judgment and and questions. Yeah. A a large amount of questions that feel very unjust and very personal. Like when you break up with a girl, the first question is, are you going to go back to guys? Like they're so obsessed with wanting to understand these boxes and where you live. And the fact that you sit in between it is hard for them to wrap their head around. My hope is as binary structures fall in front of our eyes, that people become more and more comfortable with just knowing who you are and who you're with and the happiness. But it is just a rude reality of being a member of this community that people think it is their right to understand all of the nitty gritty details. So strange. I don't want a box. Like, if you can't understand, like, I don't want to be put in a box because mm. I don't want to have to question, get questioned or have to explain myself. Like, this is who I am. This is who I love. I don't care who it is. Well, I do care who it is, but <laughs> I don't care what you think about it. Mm. I'm happy. I get, like, so many great comments and I only get, like, the gro- like I do get the gross ones, but not, the percentages are, like, 95, 5%. And I'd rather it happen to me because, like, I don't care about what Joe 88 in Tasmania has to say about what he would like to see me do to Georgia. Yeah. Like, no. give a shit. Mm. So I think, like, I think the other thing as well I think is really interesting. It's like when people instantly make your relationship sexual, when people have said to me, like, oh, like, what, what like, how do you have sex? I go, use your imagination. Mm. Or I say, how do you have sex? Is it that fucking hard? I'm sure yeah. you watch porn. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? And then with my friends, obviously, like, I've had amazing conversations because they're, like, so curious and interested and all that. My, I'm a fucking open book and I'm obviously, like, explorative. So, like, I just tell my friends everything. Mm. But someone I'm not close with when they ask me those questions, I honestly just go, what is wrong with you? It doesn't like, happen to straight people. A no. lot. It's a very specifically things that we just deal with as members of the queer community. It's very weird. And I don't know why it has to be so sexualized all the time. Mm. I mean, if you think about the world that we live in and like straight relationships are so, it is, we are conditioned and indoctrinated from a very young age in every movie, every music video, every radio show is, we feel very comfortable with what straight relationships are, how they work and what they produce. And when it's not that way, people are like, well, wait a second. It's my right to understand it. As if we are like, on a soapbox in the middle of a square, you know, like, do you know what I mean? I, I, it's consistent enough that people come in and say, yeah, people just come up to me and ask me questions about my sex life as, as if that's normal and it's definitely not. I think that's why I liked Halsey because she was bisexual and so open about it. Like yep. in her video clip, she's hooking up with girls 
in her songs, she's talking about hooking up with guys, hooking up with girls. And I was like, oh, I like this yes. girl, you know? And it was just like really normal. Mm. And I think that I have kind of done, obviously not, she's famous, famous, but like, I think I've sort of shown that and I'm trying to talk about it in a natural way. It's like, you can sit in the middle. Yes. You don't need to like have, if people want to call you by or you need to call yourself by because you, you I can't really sit here and say, don't give me a label because people don't understand. Mm. And I think it needs to be this space of like, you can change your mind. That's why I haven't really loved labels because if you call me a lesbian and I, there needs to be room to change my mind and evolve. Like only two years ago, I was dating guys. Now I'm dating girls. Like I clearly am someone who likes to evolve and experiment and change. I'm happy in a relationship with G and I want to be with her forever. Mm. But if all of a sudden I'm labeled as a full-blown lesbian and then down the track, I do go back to guys, fuck, I got to come out again because she's straight. Exactly. The two most popular (laughs) like pieces of feedback we get from the episodes we've had are people who admit that they're uncomfortable with labels. We, get, we Our most successful episodes play in that space because there's yeah. so many people listening who are like, it has never made sense to me. I have never felt comfortable in a box and, it, and I hate it. If that is how you feel, because I know there's literally thousands of people listening who will feel that way, you are so not alone. And then there's this other group of people who feel that if they are in the middle, pansexual uh, or bisexual, like if this is a labels that make them feel uh, euphoric, if, 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 if when they found that label, they feel happy, that there is a really happy existence loving everyone and no one and anything. Yeah. There are people listening. I know for a fact a lot of people who are confused, who might think they're bi, who haven't explored yet, but they've always wondered. What advice would you give to people who are just sitting in that discomfort that you were at at one point where you're like, should I? What kind of advice would you give them? My advice would be, which is how I felt in my body, your body will lead you. Your intuition will lead you your mind will stop you. Mm. So if it kind of like feels right and fun and also scary, it's probably right. Your mind will stop you basically any time that that you perceive some sort of danger or that something is wrong. So like my body knew this is fun, exciting, thrilling, like I want to do it. Mm. But my brain was saying no. And when I could differentiate between which one was talking and I knew which one to follow... I just kind of like led with like curiosity and I led with love. Because if I had listened to the voice in my head Mm. that was saying, you'll never date a girl, don't date a girl, girls are annoying, like this is not for you, like you need a man, you've always dated men. If I listened to that, which was my head and fear and anxiety ruling me, I would have never have opened myself up to Georgia. I would have never have, I guess, like come out. I would have never have been able to be who I am now, which is, you know, like an open person a pretty open person that is willing to have love in a different form. Mm. But if I listened to the fear, I wouldn't have done it. Oh, I love that. Mm. Speaking of fear, there are people who have come out to their family. Uh, We get messages like this a lot and they're not getting back what they want to hear. Yeah. Just speak to that person because you were there. What, how can you power through when the people you love most are not uh, dealing with it as well as you'd like? I think if, if it's your friends and family who haven't given you what you want to hear yet, you need to give them time. Mm. You need to be patient. You need to realize that they are processing this too. Every person that you've told will say something different, will process it in a different way. It will take longer for different people to come around. They may not come around. 
You have to let go of the outcome. I still haven't gotten, you know, some of the reactions that I want. I mean, not from my immediate family. They're amazing. But Mm. I still haven't gotten some of the things that I want from the people that I want. But, you know, my mom, my dad, my brother and that kind of stuff, they've been amazing. You can't attach any outcome or you can't predict what someone's going to say and you also can't expect it back. Mm. I think the only thing you need to worry about is are you happy? Are you true to yourself? And are you leading with love? If those three things are hitting in your body, in your soul, then that's all you need to worry about. Your parents might come around. They might not. Your grandparents might come around. They might not. But living a life as a lie is a fucking nightmare. Mm. And living a life as not who you are is so much worse than having to people please everyone and get acceptance from every single person in your life. You're not going to get acceptance from everyone. I don't get acceptance from people on social media. I do from my immediate, Mm. but people on social media, you know what, there is still like kickback. But these are randoms on the internet. Mm. What matters is what is important in your heart and showing up as truly you. You, And also be patient. Be patient with the people that you've told because they just need time. We've been processing this for a long time. You know, we've, I mean, I've had therapy and healing and all that kind of stuff. So that's why I'm like, yeah, like whatever I am. But, you know, it's, 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 50 years of social conditioning for some people and um, and it was just a different time as well. Like our grandparents grew up in a very different generation to, to what we're at now. Mm. That's a perfect place to end. One last little reminder, where can people find you? Um, on Instagram at Katie Williams and Better For It, my podcast. Right here on Listener. Download the Listener app. I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. Download it. You can try for free. Thank you so much for coming, being honest, sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're, you're amazing. Have a wonderful day. And you. <laughs> okay, we are back. How are you going? How are you feeling? If this episode left you wanting more information about our wonderful LGBTQIA plus alphabet, then you should check out Minus 18. They're Australia's LGBTQIA plus charity. They have heaps of resources on their website and they run trainings for workplaces and classrooms. Minus 18 are on all socials at minus 18 youth and their website is minus 18.org.au. But Minus 18 isn't a helpline. So if you're looking for support, you can call QLife on 1-800-184-527 for free every day from 3 p.m. till midnight. If you're feeling anxious and not up to talking on the phone, they also have web chat at qlife.org.au. Lifeline is also available 24 hours a day for crisis support and suicide prevention. Their number is 13 11 14. If you want to be a part of the Come Out Wherever You Are community, you can slide into our DMs on Instagram at Come Out Wherever You Are. You can also follow me at Sean Zeps. That's S-E-A-N-S-Z-E-P-S. Come Out Wherever You Are is presented by me, Sean Zeps, producer Lindsay Green, executive producer Jennifer Goggin, and audio producer Chris Marsh. Listener.